presence of the Lord in this place. Hallelujah. Just one more time, honoring with a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. As you all know, we've been out on a journey, and I've been doing a series on the Song of Solomon, and we're out to what? Foster the presence of God. We're out to set precedents for the Holy Spirit to have an atmosphere that's conducive to the workings in this, of the supernatural. And truly, you're doing well. People's hearts are beginning to be turned to worship like never before. We are seeing miracles right before our eyes. In the last few weeks, we've just had things happening that's been unbelievable. <laughs> I could give testimony after testimony of what's come into me and uh, just about how that things are shifting in people's lives just as us. All we're doing is just opening up for the presence of God. Just, hey, it's all about him. If he ain't here, we're wasting our time. Can I have an amen? The Miller family had a miracle this week. We had an eight-pound, five-pound baby girl. Hallelujah. Rosie Lee. I, mean, she just, I, I get it out. I always say that. What's her name? Josie Lee. Amen. I've already nicknamed her, and they don't like what I've nicknamed her, so i got to back off. Josie Lee, Jane Miller. And as you all know, because of the condition of her sister, there was a great chance she could be born deaf. Both ears are working fine. <laughs> Hallelujah. We give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. This morning is a wonderful morning for us. As you all know, we have what we call fresh voice. Once a month, we're having guest speakers for the next six months or for the first six months. May go a little longer. We don't know. I told you, it's like I've been here for 37 years, going on 38 this year. And I've become a familiar voice, and we've just decided, you know, once a month, we're going to have a fresh voice come in. We've not sent them any kind of a program of telling them what to preach or what we're doing. We're just letting the Holy Spirit just direct the men that we put trust in to hear from the voice of God and just have the spontaneity of the Holy Ghost. We got a very special couple with us today all the way from Huntsville, Alabama, pastoring a great mega church down there, been there 13 years. and They got a similar story to Jenny and I. It's just an amazing story of what God's doing. They're just blowing it out down there. Th hundreds and thousands of people are being ministered to by this ministry, and the, the journey's just been unbelievable. I got to hear their story this weekend. And, of course, Sister McGlamory, is known by most of you women because you've been to the ladies' retreats and she's been here before and just everybody loves her. Her husband's a stranger here because he's strange. He's strange because he's a peculiar person. Anybody know where I'm headed with that? Are you not a peculiar people, a holy nation? Amen. We're weird because we're Holy Ghost people. He's a, he believes in Pentecost. He's in Huntsville just blowing it out, flowing under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And without making a long introduction, would you make welcome to the platform Kevin McGlamory this morning. Thank you so much. 
Now, come on, somebody give Jesus praise in the room because he's the one who's worthy of it. Come on, we can do better than that. We're talking about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Lily of the Valley, the Rose of Sharon, the Bride and Morning Star. Come on, can you praise him with me today? I'm going to need some right here. Can we praise him this morning? Hallelujah. What an honor to be in Poplar Bluff at Palace of Praise. I wish the praise team wouldn't left because we were going to sing a little bit more of that, but that's all right. They, they, they're gone. I'll, we'll sing without them. We'll sing without them. Man, what an honor and a privilege to be with all of you to worship the Lord together. I don't know if you realize it or not, but you guys have something special right here on the hill in Poplar Bluff. Well, I thought you'd be more excited than that, but I'm telling you, I've, I've been a lot of places, and I can go ahead and tell you this is a great place. I feel like preaching this morning. Pastor, yeah, they came, they came back. They heard me, didn't they? They came back. Pastor, I honor you and the first lady of the house. Uh, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for this invitation. Come on, don't you love your pastors? I honor you, sir. Yes. Yeah, they're worthy of that. Come on, family. Honor you, sir. Amen. I'm just going to obey the Lord right here. Y'all don't know me. He don't, you'll never have to have me back after this. You are a general, sir. You are a general. The Lord says, don't, uh, the Lord says, don't underestimate the impact that you are making on the generations that are coming after you. You, you are a general that will allow them to stand on your shoulders because your heart is for them to far exceed what you have already accomplished. And I'm telling you, God is going to give you favor with a generation of ministers that are coming after you that you're going to impact. And the impact that you make on them will be for years to come until the Lord comes to get his church. So don't, under, don't underestimate the influence that you're having on this next, gener next generation. Not just in Poplar Bluff. It's for, the, for here, but also in our movement. So I honor you. And I believe the Lord wanted me to tell you that right there. Come on, can you praise God right there? Come on, praise him if you know it's true. Come on, praise him if you believe it today. Though he's able. Come on, just worship him just another second. I want to go back right into that Israel Houghton song, To Worship You I Live. Come on, let's sing that just another minute, and then I'm going to preach. Listen, I feel like preaching today. I've been preaching all week, but you're not going to get shortchanged this morning. I feel the strength of the Spirit of God in this place. You come with expectation, and so have I. And God knows what he's about to do in this room, and I'm ready to receive all that he has intended for us this morning. Come on, is there anybody ready to receive from him today? Oh, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. Come on, sing. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. Sing, sing. Just throw your hands up in the air and just worship him. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. To worship you. 
sing to worship you I live to worship you I live to worship you I live I live to worship you and when you don't know what else to sing when you don't know what else to sing you can sing this come on somebody open up your mouth and sing to it Just sing this. Sing that part one more time. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. To worship you, I live to worship you. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Father, you are in the room with us today. Hey, I feel you. We thank you, God, for what you're doing right now. Come on, family. Just, just, let's just wait on the Lord for just a second. I'm going to preach to you. But can you just worship him a second? To worship you, I live. Sing this part. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live, I live. Father, we praise you. Go ahead, sing, sister. I live, I live. Now throw your hands up and worship him for just one more moment before we get ready to receive the word. Father, we praise you all across this room from front to back, side to side, giving you our best praise today, thanking you for what you are doing in this moment. And God, the purpose of our gathering is to lift up your name and to worship you. And we praise you today. We thank you today for what you're going to do in this place. In Jesus' name. Come on now, put your hands together one more time and bless him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Grab your Bible with me. Look in 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. My custom is to stand for the reading of the word. If you're able, do it. If you're not, you're not going to offend me. I'm so glad. See, we do, we're getting calisthenics in this morning. Come on, y'all. Some up-downs here, but you just you do what's comfortable for you. Pastor, thank you for the honor to grace your pulpit. Uh, you are a mighty man of God, and I have great respect for you. First Lady, we honor you as well. Uh, my wife is traveling with me, Miss Amy. And if you have heard Amy, ladies, just go ahead and lower your expectation for me, okay? Just lower your expectation for me. But I am so honored to share with you, man, what, what a atmosphere, the presence of God. Can, can I, I just want to tell you, you don't need me to tell you, please don't take for granted what you have here. I'm just telling you, don't take for granted what you have here because this is not everywhere in our church, unfortunately. 
but there is an atmosphere of the presence of God that is in this room today. And I don't know what you came in here needing, but I know what our God is able to do because he can do absolutely anything. There's not one thing that's too hard for him. I want to preach to you this morning on this thought. It's about to turn around. It's about to turn around. That's what I want to preach to you this morning. Unless the Lord changes my mind, I'm going to preach tonight, push to get your miracle. I didn't know that you were, you've been talking about that, but I, that's what I feel like the Lord wanted me to, to preach tonight. So if you know somebody that needs a miracle, I believe in God to perform the miraculous this morning and tonight. So come on back and be with us. It's about to turn around. It's about to turn around. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1 and 2. I'm reading from the New King James Version. If you don't like that one, just read the one that you have. It'll be on the screen for you if you don't have a Bible that's leather-bound or one that glows. Look, look with me if you don't care. The Bible said, then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. There's some preaching right there. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time, a sea of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two seahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Then the, the Bible said this, So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, You ever met anybody like this? Don't look down the road just in case they're seated near you today. That always have something, a negative response to what, to what the word of the Lord is over your life. You ever met anybody like that? This is this man. He said, now look, can't you hear the sarcasm in his voice? Now look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And the man of God throws down. Look what he says. And he said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall never eat of it. Now, I'm going to preach to you as best I can this morning. It's about to turn around. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the atmosphere of your presence. Thank you for what you're doing today. And I pray, Lord, that preaching would be easy, enjoyable, and effective. That the touch of the Spirit of God would indeed make the difference. Would you open up the heart, the ear, and the spirit of the listener and let them be receptive to your word. And God, we thank you in advance for everything that you're going to accomplish in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said amen and amen. As you see, to look at your neighbor, say it's about to turn around. Look at your other neighbor, say you weren't second choice, but you're about. To, it's about to turn around. If we look at this text this morning on it's about to turn around, you have to understand what the prophet Elisha was declaring, and you have to understand what was happening in the land. Samaria was in a horrific famine; everything was dying or everything was dead. They had been besieged by the Samaritans and things in their land looked awfully dark and maybe even impossible. The Bible said in 2 Kings chapter 6, if you go back and get a, a little bit of context of what the prophet says in chapter 7, you can, you can see it explained fully of what was going on with the people and what was happening in the land. The Bible said in verse 24 and 25 of chapter 6 that it happened after Ben-Hadad of Syria gathered the army and went to Samaria and the Bible said they were besieged. There was a great famine in Samaria and indeed they besieged it until a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and one-fourth of a cab of dove's dropping or dove's dung for five shekels of silver. Now, again, as I said a moment ago, the famine was great. They were eating things that they never would have eaten before. 
the donkey's head, which was considered unclean. And if you're unsure if dove's droppings or dove's dung is unclean, let me give you a quick news flash. That is as well. If you don't know what dove's dung is, just ask pastor after the service and he'll explain it to you a little further. See, dove's dung was sold for 80, or five shekels of silver, donkey's head for 80 shekels of silver, and the famine was severe in the land, and people were eating these things that they never would have before. The Syrians had stripped the land. This, ran, this land was known for being rich agriculturally. They could grow many crops, but now at the point of where they were, there was nothing there, and they, had, they didn't have anything. This word besieged, if you don't know what it means, let me quickly give you some, some synonyms or definitions of what this word might mean. Besieged means under assault. It means bound. It means distressed. It means cramped. It means imprisoned. It means enclosed. Have you ever felt this way in your own life? Have you ever felt like that, that uh, you, you were closed in or the enemy had, had you right where he wanted you? Has doubt or fear or anxiety ever tried to creep in? Have you ever felt bound up or enclosed? Well, if we're honest in the room today, all of us would, would say at some point in our life that we might have felt this way. And if you've never felt this way, just keep living for a minute because you might get there. All of the nation was paralyzed. Donkey's head and dove's dung were being sold for food. Consider this. As I said a moment ago, the donkey's head was unclean, and now it is the delicacy of the day. Can I give you a truth real quick this morning before we get too far in the message? You know you're in bondage when something that used to look bad to you now looks good. You know you're in trouble when things you would never used to do, now you're okay with doing. You know you're in trouble when things you used to reject, now they're accepted by you and, and it's accepted behavior. Sounds like some of the world in which we live in today. There are things that we're seeing in our world that I never thought we'd ever see in our life. Things that used to be taboo, now they are accepted. It seems that there are some people that are in bondage today. But can I give you some good news before we get too far in the message? The God of, of yesterday, today, and forever is exactly the same. And the same delivering power that he delivered this group of people out of is the same delivering power that's available for every person that's listening to me this morning. The Bible said in 2 Kings 6, if you read further, in 26 and 31, it describes what was going on. There were the ladies that were walking by the king and they were crying, the Bible said. And he said, how can I help you? The king said, what can I do for you? And the woman said to me that how troubled the times were. Look what he said around verse 28. The woman said to me, give me your son today that we might eat him or devour him and then we'll eat my son tomorrow. The Bible said, so they boiled my son and we ate him. But on the day that she was to give up her son, we did not do that for she had hidden him. Now when it happened, the king heard these words of the woman. He tore his clothes. He passed by on the wall and the people looked there underneath. He had sackcloth on his body. And this is what the king said, God do to me and more also if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat remains on him today. Now, if there's kids in the room, don't worry. We're, we're not going to do that to you today. You are safe with us this morning. Uh, you, you're just fine. 
But the people here were in such an insane situation that they began eating their own children. Times were desperate. But look what this, look at the statement that the king makes. He wanted the head of the man of God, Elisha. He blamed God instead of owning his own poor behavior. He didn't want to run out any of the negative influences. He just wanted to destroy the one good thing that they had going for them. Can I preach to you for just a second? There's going to be some times you're just going to need to take responsibility for the decisions that you have made. Sometimes you're just going to have to own the mess of the poor decisions that have happened in your life. I'm afraid there are too many people wanting to blame God for the poor decisions that they have made or their areas of compromise or the problems that they have created. Many say it's God's fault for the situation instead of just owning what they have done. May I tell you this morning, please don't blame God for what you have produced. Instead of blaming him, why don't you run to him and let him help you? with what you're facing this very moment because I want to tell you the God that we serve has an unbelievable amount of compassion and he's able to deliver you out of the very struggle that you're in this very moment. Don't blame to him. Just fall on your face before him and say, oh God, would you somehow, some way help me with what I'm facing this very moment? Elisha make this, makes this declaration as we move forward to 2 Kings chapter 7 where he says, hear the word of the Lord. If you ever read that in scripture, that's probably a place that you want to underline for God is speaking to his people. He says, thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time a sea of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two seas of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. And this leads us to our main thoughts of the message now, I've told you the background of the text of, of famine being in the land. So when this man of God makes this declaration, this seems odd because everybody can see and everybody's walking through this same famine in the land. But the prophet of God says things are about to change. The first thing we see in this, in this text this morning is that we need to listen to the Lord's word. Listen to the Lord's word. God said he was about to turn the thing around. The prophet declared God is about to change some things and the cost of living is going to look differently tomorrow than it does right now. If you hear the word, uh, uh, if you define the word here in this text, it means declaration and then it means with action. What it really means is hear the word of the Lord and then watch him move on your behalf. You've got to understand that when our God speaks, he's going to move as well. They're not just empty words. It means he's going to put some action behind the things that he's declaring over you and declaring over your life. Can I remind you that when God spoke, the world came into order. When God spoke, let there be light, there was light. When God speaks, seasons begin to shift. When God speaks, circumstances begin to change. When God speaks, situations begin to turn around. When God speaks, people get healed. When God speaks, people get delivered. When God speaks, resources show up. When God speaks, demons have to flee. When God speaks, cancer dries up. When God speaks, minds are renewed. I don't know about you this morning, but I want to listen to the Lord's word in my life because when God gives me a word, I know that action is about to take place behind it. He's going to do what he says. Whatever he has promised you, whatever word he has given, be prepared for him to move 
on your behalf. If I can get just a little bit more, it'll help me. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm ready for God to speak and to move into my situation and the situation that is in your life. That's the good news of our God. That's what the prophet was trying to tell the people. You need to get prepared. I know it looks like famine, but you get ready. God's about to turn it around. God told Elisha, tell my people it's not going to look the same way tomorrow. He said what was unaffordable yesterday is going to be pennies tomorrow. What you could not do yesterday, you're going to be able to perform today. What was impossible yesterday is going to be easy tomorrow. I got to tell somebody in the room, you need to get ready. It's about to turn around. I know it looks like famine today. I know it looks like difficulty today, but you better get ready for it's about to turn around in your life. I, I want to tell somebody you're about to walk into a one-day turnaround. Some of you are about to walk into a one-week turnaround. Some of you are about to walk into a one-month turnaround. I know it looks like famine now, but you get ready for what God is about to do. Some things are about to shift overnight. You need to have an expectation that the word of God that is given is going to be applied to your life, and it's about to turn around. The prophet said about this time tomorrow, it's going to be different. See, the enemy has convinced some of you that what was not able to be done today, God can't do tomorrow. But the word of the Lord is, and you need to listen to it, God can turn it around. We have to listen to his word. Whatever the Lord has said to you, you've got to hold on to that word. Has God ever spoken to anybody in the room and given you a promise, but yet that promise has not yet been fulfilled? He has in my life. Do you know what I do? I hold on to the word of the Lord. I won't allow the enemy to snatch that word from me because I know it's come from him. And though I have not seen it yet, my expectation is it's about to show up. I believe that God's about to do it. The circumstances in Samaria seemed insurmountable, but the circumstances in your life may be the same way, but hold on to the word of the Lord because the word of the Lord changes everything. I want to tell somebody in the room, you've been eating donkey's head way too long. You've had dove's dung way too long. God is about to change the menu in your life. You're not going to eat that anymore because God has something better for you. It's about to turn around. So he says, first of all, you've got to listen to the Lord's word. But then secondly, you have to realize that unbelief will cost you. Unbelief will cost you. Look at what the Bible said in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 2. He said, an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Now look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And the man of God said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you'll never eat of it. See, the man of God responds to the king's officer, and he says, You're gonna, what he said, if, if I can put it in a glamoury language, you're going to see the turnaround, but you're never going to taste of it. The last meal you're going to enjoy is donkey's head or dove's dropping, dove's dung. God's about to do something miraculous in this land, and he's about to do it in 24 hours. But because of your lack of belief, your unbelief, your doubt, you'll never partake of it. The offer said the turnaround. He said, would this thing even happen if the, Lord's would, if the Lord would open up windows in heaven? He's questioning the ability of the God that we serve. The officer's negative word about he has this negative word 
word about the Lord. He was looking at the circumstance and he was looking at what he could see physically with his own eyes, but yet the prophet was seeing things from what God had said to him and from a spiritual perspective. He knew that God could turn around the situation. May I tell you this morning, the enemy might try to convince you that you'll never get out of where you are, even if God would open up windows in heaven. However, I believe this morning in popular bluff, God is opening up those windows even right now to turn around situations and circumstances. You just need to be continuing to look up and get ready to receive what God is about to pour out. Can I tell you what unbelief will do though? Unbelief will, will keep you from enjoying the blessings of the Lord. Unbelief may cost you the abundant life of Christ. Unbelief may cause you to miss the overflow of what God has prepared for you. Unbelief robs you of the hope and the future that is promised in the word of God. Unbelief may cause you to miss the very promise or the very word that God has spoken over you. May I remind you this morning that God always keeps his promises and all of us better be careful in the room not to put a negative mouth and a critical heart on what God blesses. Preach on pastor, I think I will. I want to tell you something this morning. You better be very careful of what you say about what God does for somebody else. Let me say it to you this way. God can never do for you when you are critical of what he has done for someone else. That's why when things happen in people's churches as a pastor, when, when good things happen to, to other churches and pastors, I want to be the very first to, to say, man, I celebrate what God is doing for you. i never forget my friend, Bishop Kevin Wallace. He, he was talking about how God had, had paid off their church there in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And, and, and I, I just begin to celebrate. I sent him a text and say, congratulations. I'm glad, glad that the Lord has paid off your church. And then right after celebrating him, you know what I did? I told the Lord, I said, Kevin, I said, Lord, I know there's a Kevin in Chattanooga but there's a Kevin in Huntsville and I only need a little bit less than what he needed I know you own it all but as I celebrate him I want to position myself for the windows of heaven to be poured out on me can I tell somebody in the room if God does a miracle for somebody else in this body why don't you be the first to show up and say look what the Lord has done because you will position yourself for what God wants to do in your life that's a word for somebody God can never do for you when you're critical of what he has done for somebody else. He tells him this unbelief costs him. But, but then thirdly, we see here in this, in, in this text that you have to expect the unexpected. Now, there's a lot of preaching right here. I wanted to get through those first couple points to get to this one. We see where we see these first two verses in, in this chapter 7, and then all of a sudden we see this new subheading. And it's almost like it's a different story, but it's a part of this story that we're reading about at the end of chapter 6 going into 7. Look what the Bible says, talking about these, these four lepers who are there. And these lepers are starving uh, just like everybody else. They're sitting outside the gate of the city. And this is where we pick up their dialogue and their exchange. It'll be on the screen for you. Look what the Bible said in verse 3 and 4. He said, now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, watch their options. If we say we'll enter the city, the famine is in the city. We shall die there. If we sit here outside the gate, we will die also. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. And if they keep us alive, 
we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. Are y'all keeping up with the options here at home? I mean, A is we go into the city where the famine is, and we'll go there, and the famine's there. We're going to die. If we sit outside the gate, because the famine's right here with us outside the gate, we're going to die. And if we go to the, the enemy's camp, there's a chance. There's a chance we might live, but if they don't let us live, we will only die. I don't know if you, I know y'all are smart people here in Missouri. It took me a minute to, to get all these options, but A equals death. B equals death. C, so you're telling me there's a chance, but probably equals death. I don't know about you. I'm looking for D, none of the above. Come on, where are the real people at with me today? They say, uh, here's our options. Here's the best case scenario. None of these options sound very good to me. So what they decide to do, they're going to go with the, the one chance of possibly being able to live. So they get up and they go to, to where the enemy is, the enemy's camp, and they go from tent to tent. And it's amazing what they find when they get to the camp. Look what the Bible said. The Bible said in verse 5, and they arose at twilight. They go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So the enemy looked at one another and they said, Now look, the king of Israel has hired against us the king of the Hittites, the king of the Egyptians, to attack us. And therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. Can I, can, you, can, I, can I preach to you for a second? God used the four lepers to cause an entire army to flee to begin the fulfillment of his word. He used four lepers to begin the fulfillment of what the man of God had said previously that things were about to turn around. Can you imagine those four lepers going to the camp and the first tent that they walk into, they smell the aroma of some great food. I know I'm with some people who can cook some food in the room. They smell some fried chicken and some pot roast and some potatoes and carrots and green bean casserole. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Cornbread and biscuits and honey or sorghum syrup, whatever one you like better. They have some, some cobbler and some homemade ice cream. Y'all not saying nothing, but it's all right. I mean, they walk into this one tent and they sit down and they just have themselves a time. Pastor, they said, now we're full. Let's go to the next tent. They walk in there. Their clothes were tattered and torn, and they put on their very best. I don't know what you like to dress in, but all of you look real nice this morning, so they put on their very best. If you like Old Navy, good. If you like J.C. Penney's, fine. If you like other things, wonderful. It was all there in the tent, and they begin to put on their nice garments, and they said, this is absolutely wonderful. My belly is full. I got to get a larger size. I want to put on some fresh clothes, and then from there, they went to the next tent. There was a flat screen 70 inch TV had recliners there somebody was playing PS5 I don't know what was on but they were playing probably the Kansas City Chiefs were beating somebody I mean they were playing there and they're walking in there and then all of a sudden they got tired of doing that they walked to the next tent and there was just this this board of keys pastor uh, there was a there was a F250 with a lift kit y'all not saying nothing they were right there and they cranked that thing up had a surround system in that thing and they went out there and they said look what the Lord has done they were excited about 
about God, what God was doing. Can I tell you in the room, God, these four lepers said, we'll just take a chance. We'll go to the enemy's camp. We, they may kill us, but they may allow us to live. But they didn't know that God was about to get into the situation. They didn't know God was about to go with them as they were marching outside the camp. They thought it was a mighty army that had come to destroy them. Can I say this to you? God can bring and use anyone to bring about the turnaround that he has promised in your life. You didn't get it. I want to say it again. God can use anyone to bring about the turnaround that he's promised in your life. These lepers went with the intent of dying. They didn't know they were going to no longer have to eat dove's dung and, 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 and donkey's head. They didn't know what was waiting on them. They thought they were going to die. But the Lord said, I'm going to use you to bring life. I'm going to use you to fulfill my word. I'm going to use you to bring the turnaround that the man of God talked about. I want to tell you that God used the four leprous men to turn around a city. Could it be that God wants to use you to bring a turnaround, not just for yourself, but for an entire people? Look what the Bible said in verse 9 through 11 and 16. He said, then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This is the day of good news, and we remain silent. Now, I can't blame them for remaining silent for a little while. Some of y'all are already judging them that they should have just told them immediately. But if you've been eating donkey's head and dove's dung, you'd want all the fried chicken that you could eat for yourself. Come on, where are the real people at with me? They said, if, if we don't share what God is doing right here, this is wrong. If we wait until morning light, there's possible that some punishment may come upon us. He said, now, therefore, let's, get, let's, let's go to the king's household. I don't know which, which vehicle they chose, Pastor, to go, go, go down there to the king's house, but they had to know something was going on when they heard them tailpipes kick up and, and noise on the way to the king's house. And they went and they called the gatekeepers of the city and said, we have gone to the Syrian camp, and surprisingly, no one was there. Not a human sound. What we found was horses. We found donkeys tied and tents intact. And the gatekeepers called out, and they told it to the king's household inside. Look what, look what they did in verse 16. And then the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians. So a seah, catch this, a seah of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two seahs of barley for a shekel according, according, according to the word of the Lord. According to the word of the Lord. Can I remind somebody in the room that when God gives you a word, you better listen to the word of the Lord. You better not allow unbelief to creep in because you don't know how God's going to bring the turnaround. But if you'll hold on to what God says, to you that positions you for what's about to take place next. God used these four lepers to turn around a city. There was no expectation because of the famine in the land that the lepers would have anything to do to turn around the city, but God uses unlikely people to bring about the miraculous even in our own life. These four lepers did not want to keep the good news to themselves. They heard the word of the Lord too. They heard the prophet say about this time tomorrow, things are about to turn around and they knew that they had to share what they had discovered. May I tell you, the Bible said the lepers told the king's household and the servants, and they wanted to make sure what was being told was correct, not, that, that there was not a plan of the enemy to destroy them. But when the report was confirmed, the people went and plundered the enemy's camp. Remember, the prophet declared the day before, this time tomorrow, things are about to turn around. God had fulfilled his word, and I want to declare to somebody at Poplar Bluff, 
at Palace of Praise this morning. I believe you better hear the word of the Lord. Don't don't have uh, unbelief kick in, but hold on to the promise of God and have an expectation that things are about to turn around. I declare that one day you might be broke, but the next day you're going to be blessed. One day you may have disease and sickness in your body, and the next day you're going to walk in healing. One day you might be depressed, but the next day you're going to have joy forevermore. One day you may have mourning, but the next day you'll have peace. One day your child is going to be lost, and the next day they're going to come back to their first love, the house of God. One day you may be unemployed, and the next day you're going to have your options of jobs. Come on, preach to your neighbor and tell them it's about to turn around. Now let me get somebody to come play, play softly for me if I can. If you don't know what that means for a Pentecostal preacher, it don't mean nothing. It don't mean anything. No, I'm kidding. It does. I'm going to quit here in a second. 2 Kings chapter 7, 18 and 20. This is an important part of the story. They're celebrating the good news of what God has done. They're celebrating that, that, that God had brought the turnaround, that, that God was doing what he said he would do, that they were probably having to work through in their mind that four leprous men were the, were the reasoning for the turnaround. But, but look what happens. Verse 18, so it happened just as the man of God had spoken to the king saying two seas of barley for a shekel and a seal of fine flour uh, uh, for a shekel shall be sold about this time in the gate of Samaria. Verse 19, and then that officer had answered, who had answered the man of God said, now look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he had said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. The report had come to the city that the enemy camp was vacated, was exited. And that everything that they needed to bring about the turnaround was there. And then the Bible said, and so it happened to him for the people trampled him in the gate and he died. This man never tasted the turnaround God promised. The Bible said he was trampled at the gate and his unbelief and doubt cost him everything. I don't know who I'm talking to in the room this morning, but I want to tell you that when God gives a word to the people of God or to a, a person, an individual person, please don't make the statement, if God would even open up windows in heaven, could this thing be? Because that unbelief may cost you to forfeit the very thing that God has intended that he will do. See, I believe the Lord wanted me to encourage someone with this word today. It's about to turn around. And you need to prepare yourself for a turnaround. I declare the circumstances are about to turn around. I believe some relationships are about to turn around. I believe some financial situations are about to turn around. I believe some sons and daughters who are lost, it's about to turn around on their behalf. You need to prepare yourself for what God has spoken to you and getting you ready to receive because I declare that the turnaround is about to take place in your life. Would you stand with me all across this building? I have no idea if I've preached too long or too short, but we'll be okay. We've got a few minutes. I don't know if you do altar calls on Sunday, but I plan to do one, Pastor. Okay, good. I wanted to leave some time for that. I want to tell you this morning something, family, that 
I, I don't know what you're facing today. I know you don't know me, and it's okay. I don't know you either. But I know we're family. We serve the same Savior, the same Lord. He's, what he's done for us, he's changed our lives. I, I believe the Lord sent us here on, on assignment for this Sunday morning to let some people know that some things need to turn around. And as I was praying over there at my seat, the Lord prompted me to tell some people that your turnaround is going to begin when you submit yourself to the Lord. Some of you are going through the motions of coming to church and yet you have not committed yourself to God and you wonder why things aren't turning around. I don't know who I'm talking to. Your pastor preaches his heart out every single Sunday. He gives you the word that God gives him. This team leads you into the presence of the Lord. But I want to tell you this morning, there's somebody in the room. There may be one, there may be multiple. But the Lord told me, I, told me to say this at the end, so I'm going to say it. Your turnaround will, be, will begin when you submit fully to him. And until you do that, I'm afraid that you're going to encounter donkey's head and dove's dung when God has something far greater in store for you. So before we do anything else, I'm going to pray for people to have a turnaround in just a minute in situations and circumstances in their life. I'm going to pray over that in just a second. But i got to pause before I do anything else and i got to give those individuals an opportunity because I believe there are more than one. Just depends on whether or not you want to be honest. Here's your options. Keep doing what you're doing and you'll die. Stay right where you are and you'll die. But can I give you C that's different than the C in the story? Come to Jesus and watch the turnaround begin to take place in your life. So I know there's a lot of people in the room. And, you, and people may even think that, that you're right with the Lord. Man, don't worry about people. There's going to be a lot of people in hell who worried about people. And what they might think. This is a place that loves you. This is a place that's going to accept you right where you are. And then one points you to Jesus and begin to help you in the process of being discipled to follow after him as best you can. So if you're in the room today and you say, Pastor, it's me. I want to begin the turnaround by turning my life to Christ, letting him turn things around. I want to follow him fully. I don't want to sit at the gate and die. I want to follow after him. If that's you in the room, would you just lift your hand right where you are? Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, you're good. Multiple hands, you can put it right back down. So anybody else? Saw at least six or seven, yeah, I see you. Yeah, yeah, I see you. Yeah. Nine or 10 hands have already gone up. If you say, I was waiting for him to get to the number 10, we're there, it's your turn. Don't miss your moment. Why we sit here until we die when the turnaround is available for what Christ has done for you. Hear the word of the Lord. About this time, 
you don't even have to wait till tomorrow. About this time, it can change for you. If you raise your hand and you're, and you're bold enough to do it, ain't nobody going to judge you. Just say, excuse me if you're in the middle of the aisle. They'll, they might even come with you. Just come on and join me right here because I want to pray for you. Come on, fella. Come on, man. Just come. Come on, lady. Come on. Just come stand right here with me. Yeah, come on. Just come stand right here with me. Come on. Stand. Come on. Some of you are waiting for some of them to move. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah, come on. Come on. What you waiting on? What you waiting on? What you waiting on? Today is the day of the turnaround. What you waiting on? What you waiting on? Today's the day of the turnaround. Today's the day of the turnaround. Come on, saints, help me pray right here because there's a couple people. I'm going to wait just a second on you because the Lord said, pause just a second. He said, wait on a couple more. There's a couple more. You need to come. Come on, come on, come on. What you waiting on? Today's the day of your turnaround. Today's the day. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Where are you at? Come on, friend. Come on, friend. The Holy Spirit's drawing you. The Holy Spirit's drawing you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Somebody come stand with my brother right here. Whoever the prayer team and... Yeah, don't, don't let them stand by themselves. Don't let them stand by themselves. Don't let them stand by themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. So come stand with them. Yeah, don't let them stand by themselves. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? We're about to pray. This is what we'll do first, and then I've got one more thing we'll do. Everybody that came to the front that said, I'm believing God to turn my life around, just, just pray this with me. Y'all repeat it after me if you will. Just say, Father, I'm a sinner. Come on, help me out. Father, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. And Jesus, you are that Savior. I believe you are the Son of the living God that you came to this earth. You went to the cross. You shed your blood. You died. You were buried. But you rose again. Just like the Bible says. And I believe it. I'm asking you to let my turnaround begin today. I confess you as Lord, as Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you celebrate with me, family, all of these? who are walking in a turnaround today, let them walk in a turnaround, Jesus. Let them walk in a turnaround, Jesus. Let them walk in a turnaround. Let them walk in a turnaround. Let them walk in a turnaround. In the name of Jesus, let them walk in a turnaround. Let them walk in a turnaround. Let them walk in a turnaround. In the name of Jesus, name of Jesus. Now look at me just a second before we start singing. If there's anybody in the room, you'd say, Pastor, I've heard the word of the Lord. I'm tired of donkey's head and I'm tired of dove's dung. And I'm ready for the fullness of what God has for me. And I'm expecting a turnaround in my life. It may be a 24-hour turnaround. It may be a one-week turnaround. It may be a one-month turnaround. But you're ready for the turnaround that God 
has prepared for you and you believe. You don't have unbelief, but you believe God's about to do it. I want you to step out of your seat and I want you to come. Come on. Come on, we're going to pray together. We're going to believe together for God to bring it around, for God to turn it around. Come on, come on, where are you at? Where are you at? Shasabaya. Come on, let your faith begin to arise. Some of you need to get down in there and say, no more donkey's head. No more donkey's head. No more dove's dung. I'm walking in the fullness of what God has for me. Shadabosataya. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Turn around, turn around, turn around. Turn around, come on, turn around. Come on, turn around. Come on, sing, 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 sing. Jesus. Oh, 
center we don't want to miss you but I want you to lay your hand if you're comfortable on the person that's on the right of your left just grab them uh, 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 lay your hand on their shoulder if you want to hold their hand and you know them there's a few of you have been dying to hold their hand all service I just gave you permission come on you can thank me later but I want us to pray for one another I don't know what you need to turn around in your life Maybe you didn't come, but you know the words for you. We're going to give you an opportunity right to pray here for one another for a turnaround. For God to bring turnaround in your life, turnaround in your circumstance, turnaround in your situation. Believing for the Lord to do it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we lay our hand on our brother or our sister, 
God, as we agree together right now, we are asking you, Lord, to bring about the turnaround in our life. Lord, no more donkey's head. No more dove's dung. No longer being bound and trapped by the enemy. But Lord, we're believing today that we're going to walk in the freedom. And God, if you have to set ambushes against the enemy to drive the enemy out, we believe that even now, we may feel as though we can't handle it. But God, you will make it sound as though there are great armies that are with us that will bring about the turnaround that we know that you are able to perform. And so God, right now in this very moment, we push back the kingdom of darkness and we know that the kingdom of light is advancing and we know God that there's a turnaround that we're about to walk into. It looks, it's gonna look differently, Lord, than it has looked. You're changing the menu. You're changing the cost of living. It's going to be different, oh God, because of what you're about to do. We will no longer sit at the gate until we die, but we'll begin to take a step. We'll begin to take a step and advance, and we know that liberty and freedom and victory will be ours because you are about to turn it around. Woo! Turn it around, Jesus. Turn it around, Jesus. Come on, some of you just need to begin to declare in faith. It's about to turn around. My situation's about to turn around. My marriage is about to turn around. My workplace is about to turn around. My family's about to turn around. My financial position's about to turn around. It's about to turn around. My school's about to turn around. It's about to turn around. It's about to turn around.